Welcome to the most overrated, underappreciated, most viewed, underviewed podcast of all time. Welcome to the Prince of Fresh Air. This is your host, the most charismatic man in entertainment with a special guest. That's right. Fellow New Yorker. So I had to get him on the show. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet him. He is a fellow actor and a fellow young guy. So we we already have a lot of things in common. And just a, a you know, shout out for his work, you know, two years ago um, and as he was a senior in college, him and his friends decided to do something, a senior project that they didn't realize was going to blossom to something big. And that's when the idea of On Air came about and it's become a single cam sitcom based off like, you know, uh, other TV shows that deal with the same premise where they follow uh, actors and crew, you know, throughout their life. And it is won awards, is won praise from his fans, and he's doing his thing. He's out there putting his career in his own hands. So let's introduce Ryan Conway. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm I'm great. I'm great. Great. No complaints. You know, it's Valentine's Day. Uh, I'm on podcasts. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's great, man. How you doing? It is I Valentine's Day. I'm crying inside. <laughs> well, don't don't worry about it. I gave my right hand a present, so you know, wink. <laughs> You know, oh. when I was when I was younger, the kids always made uh, jokes like the uh, and this was when I was in middle school. They all be like, hey, I'm going out with uh, Jill tonight and we're going to do something. I'm like, huh. And like, literally, that's a joke. Every kid said, I'm like, God damn, every kid's girlfriend is named Jill. <laughs> What's until I was in high school that they're like, J-I-L-L. Oh, OK. <laughs> Masturbation. <Yeah. laughs> Oh, we we waking up the people early. That's what I'm talking about. I love the yeah. energy, man. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you need to set the tone really, really early on. And then, you know, just fucking go with it. Yeah. Come on, man. You're speaking my level. Heard. My bad. <laughs> no, don't worry about it, man. That's what we do here on this side of the on the podcast, Ron. We 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 get untrue, we get uh unfiltered, unwrong, we have a good time. So, you know, it's always good to have someone match your energy. You know what I'm saying? All right, yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, I'm glad I can match it so far. So let's, let's, let's do this, man. Let's not uh, put the people to sleep. So, you know, we was talking uh, before and, you know, politics and sports is, is um, two things that gets people riled up politics and sports, you know, this right. <laughs> very, you know, divisive, it has, you know, a fan base, it has the haters, but, Politics and sports is one of those things that we've seen over the years become an increasingly popular thing to talk about. And it all started with Colin Kaepernick and him kneeling on the flag. And even till this day, we still talk about it on the heels of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and all the unfortunate people that were that have been killed by police. Um, let's start off, let's start off with that, man. What do you think about the whole Colin Kaepernick thing and kneeling on the flag during sports? Uh, it's totally disrespecting the troops, man. No, um, I mean, like, you know, I, uh, I firmly believe that, like, you know, if you have a platform, you can use it for whatever you want. Um, and the, uh, you know, personally, I don't have a problem with cap kneeling with the flag. I don't have a problem with anyone kneeling the flag. Because what I found is that everyone who usually has a problem with someone kneeling with the flag they're like trying to make it patriotism thing patriot patriotism sorry i can't pronounce oh, they're trying work. to make it like a patriotism t thing and uh meanwhile like he's just like protesting 
because, you know, the American Constitution and, you know, I'm probably wrong when I'm saying this. I didn't study the Constitution. Uh, you know, I'm a comedian. I don't study Constitution. But I'm pretty sure there's something in there that's like, you know, everyone should be treated equal. Everyone should like, you know, uh, not be segregated against or whatever. And what Cap is doing is he's pretty much just uh, when, when he was kneeling, he was just like, you know, pro saying that, hey, you know, that's not true because we're still like gang killed. A lot of the um, African-American people are still gang killed. And, uh, you know, that's basically what he was doing. And people turned it into a, oh, he's disrespecting the troops. He's disrespecting the flag thing. And it was just like, it's kind of fucking ridiculous. I mean, and not for nothing, but like politics in sports, especially that, that's been going on for like, I don't know, over 50 years. I forgot who the guy in the Olympics was. Uh, I think it was Jesse Owens. He like literally just put his fist up when um, for Black Power when he won the Olympics. Or no, it wasn't Jesse Owens. It was someone else. But he, um, you know, the guy put his uh, fist up when he won first place in the Olympics. Jesse Owens, when they were in Germany for the Olympics, he like literally made a point to sprint right past Hitler. And, you know, because Hitler, of course, Nazi Germany and all that stuff, you know. So politics has always been part of sports and, and never understood it when people like had a problem with Cap Neeling and saying like, hey, you know, I go to sports to escape politics and, you know, sorry for going off, but that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I, look, man, it, it's, a, it's a touchy subject and it's something that we always struggle to talk about. And, you know, that one of the things you said was people always talk about patriotism and, you know, the troops. And that's actually one of the things a lot of people don't like about the kneeling is the fact that they're kneeling on the flag of America. They're that you know the, the people that sacrificed their life for this for this country and the people who are continuing to sacrifice their life for this country you know they're not doing that you know just to come home and and see on the news that people were kneeling on the flag right that's one of the most common things but one of the things too is when it comes to sports you make a good point it has been happening in a for a long time but i think with the media and all the cameras and and people having to pay to watch these games People, a lot of people don't want to see it. You know, they just want to see right. a football game. They want to see a basketball game. You know, they don't want to see LeBron James, you know, trying to make a, a political statement, right? right. Um, so, I mean, look, I, I fully support Colin Kaepernick. I think sometimes you have to take dr drastic measures to to send a message. Um, exactly, yeah. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's a hard thing to talk about because – one of the things I've been criticized, I've been criticized in sports, especially lately on the heels of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, you've seen a lot of sports come back, you know, during the pandemic and, you know, with the Black Lives Matter and the police brutality and, you know, defund the police stuff going on. You do see a lot of sports, a lot of teams showing, so, uh, you know, support for the causes. But my thing is, it's not, I feel like it's not genuine. And when I say it's not genuine, it's yeah. doing it for a game or two isn't doing anything, right? And, mm -hmm. yeah. and I think if you are going to go that route, you kind of, I'm not saying you got to go full out and make this the whole game a political thing, but if you're going to stand with a cause, if every day they're protesting, then every, get, every game that you play, do something, you know? Oh, yeah. Throw up a sign, you know, actually be there. But, you know, doing the lockdown for a uh, shutout for 
a week and then going back right. and act like nothing happened. I mean, right. I think that's what also some people have um, problems with. It's like, what, what, just one game, that's it? That That's all we standing for is you're going to do it for one game and right. we're not playing no more in the next week, you know, because you know you need the money. You just like, forget about it. Let's play this game. So right. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being a little hard. No, yeah, I uh, I definitely think there's um there's some things you touched on that like I completely agree with. Like I know that um a lot of like these big um huge companies are giving false um they're trying to get brownie points by not really doing anything. Like uh Netflix and um you know this past summer I think it was after all the uh or during all the protests, it was like at the height of the protests. Community, I'm not sure if you've ever, ever seen the show Community. If you haven't, you should. It's one of the best shows ever. Um, it's this hilarious, hilarious comedy, right? And there's an episode of it where the characters play a Dungeons Dragons game. One of the characters, he decides to get really into it and um, dresses as a dark elf. So the, um, the elf, he has white hair, he's painted in black, right? But like, it's like actual black. It's not like, um, you know, the, um, the blackface or whatever. It's like actual black. He's an elf or something. Netflix, they decided to take it off and said like, you know, we thought this would be very inconsiderate with Black Lives Matter, stuff like that. And I mean, like, I mean, I don't know what your opinion on that is, but I've talked to like a couple of black friends and they're like, this like, we don't think this is offensive because it was never meant to be offensive. You know, this is just a big company trying to get good press. Meanwhile, they're not like donating to any of the causes or anything like that. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, that is one of, yeah. And this, this opinion goes beyond just sports. It's something I've criticized the Black Lives Matter organization on. It's like, you know, you do, you go out there, right? When the cameras are rolling, you know, you put on a show. Uh, when I say show, I mean, you, you put on a statement, you know, for the world. You get all this money, like Black Lives Matter organization, they rake in millions of dollars a year, right? But mm-hmm. I don't see not one black kid going to school, you know, the, going to college. I don't see any communities being built. I don't see right. any neighborhoods being, uh, you know, redone i don't see anything being done for the people so that's also one of my biggest things now i'm not out here saying that lebron has to donate all his wealth no yeah exactly i'm I'm not one of those people i know there are people like that but i think if we as people want to do better then the people who have the means to to do something to make a change they got to do more than just throwing a statement out like oh we support black lives matter what what are you doing? Because you know, like the NBA is a billion dollar company, NFL right. is a billion dollar company. Let's do something, right? And it's right. Black History Month. You know, I haven't seen a tribute yet. So, you know, besides from Kobe, uh, you know, his untimely death, but uh-huh. that I'm I, I'm just not seeing it. It's not enough to just say we're going to kneel on the flag or we're going to stop playing games for a week and then act like nothing happened next week and continue moving on because right. You know. The uh, the thing about the games for a week, I do know that like um, the NBA uh, Players Association, I do know that they like um, negotiate in order to get like every arena to be a uh, voting area. Uh, I know that's one of the things that got them back to play, but uh, that's all I know as far as like that. They were like, we feel that we can make 
a difference. And obviously this is getting very political now, but I think that they were saying, you know, we, uh, we feel that we have better odds with this other dude than the dude that's in charge of the country right now. And I think that, you know, that's why they were like, let's get all the arenas open to vote. That's one thing I do know they did. But as far as everything else, I'm not sure what came out of that week break that happened over the summer. Right, right. Um, Let me let me let me switch it. Let me switch this for a second. So as we talk about politics and sports, another thing besides from kneeling on the flag is equal pay. Right now. Do you remember the the women's soccer player that came out talking about equal pay after they won the cup? I can't remember her name. It's like Megan, right? Megan Kelly. Uh, oh. Megan Kelly is a news broadcaster. Oh, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it was um, was it Alex Morgan? It could have been. I'm not sure. But anyway, I, I don't want to you know, dwell on it too much. But she yeah. came out. I remember like two years ago, she came out and said equal pay for men and women in sports, right? And you've seen this, especially in the WNBA, where a lot of players are talking about equal pay. You know, men get paid way more than women. Before I even give my opinion, because my opinion is is on the more controversial side, what do you think about that? Uh, equal pay, I'll be like completely honest, for the longest time, I'm 24 right now, uh, but for the longest time, like, from when I was, I don't know, 15 to when I was like 21 or something like that. I I was just like, yo, WNBA is a joke. Like nobody cares about WNBA. And then like, you know, the last three years, I just like haven't really had an opinion on it. And then this summer, because like obviously ESPN was starved for content, they just started broadcasting a bunch of WNBA games and I just started watching it and I was like, hey, you know, I actually enjoy this quite a bit. Um, it, do I enjoy as much as the NBA? No. But I mean, like, you know, it's still uh, it's still enjoyable. Now, if you're talking about like, you know, what what WNBA players should be paid, I think NBA players are already paid way too much money. I think they're like way overpaid. Um, LeBron makes like. 200 something million dollars a not year but like you know over three years or something like that like that to me is like way too much money like what 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 do you need 200 dollars for you know in order to get a chocolate water slide on your um in your uh mansion like i mean i think that nba players are way overpaid now should they be only making like five hundred thousand dollars a year no they should be making millions but as far as like 30 million dollars a year i'm just like i don't know so to get back to your question on wnba players i think they should be paid more um and this is controversial but i don't think that they should be paid maybe as much as nba players um just because uh the regular NBA is like so much more of a draw and obviously I think they make more money on sponsorships or anything like that so it would make sense that NBA makes more than WNBA but like I don't think the gap should be that huge I guess is what I'm saying let me ask you a question before I answer before I give my opinion can you name me five WNBA players off the bat off the uh five WNBA players Brittany Griner um the um I know there's this white 
white girl on the Liberty. She's blonde. She's really tall. Uh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> now, can you name me five NBA players off the bat? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James. Uh, I'm going to, uh, yeah, West, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, uh, Dwight Howard, uh, and Sean Wall. You gave me like seven right there, right? And that's my point right there. I'm not saying WNBA players don't have fans. People don't watch it, right? Right. But when you look at the structure of supply and demand, you, you said that NBA players get paid too much money, right? But I would dis- I, I will push back on that in the sense that it's supply and demand. We all know when when people are paying then you get rewarded it's like we're acting people complain that actors get paid too much money for movies but Mm -hmm. tom cruise deserves to get paid 50 million for mission impossible because they know they will come and throw right just like (laughs) just like marvel pays robert downey jr chris evans chris hemsworth accordingly because they know they're going to rake in a billion dollars so they can pay them 30 40 50 70 million dollars for their role so Mm -hmm. my thing my thing with WNBA, right? And not, I'm not trying to make this a sexist thing, but how no. many people really watch it? You know, I watched WNBA. I took the liberty to watch it. Oh my god! Oh my god! I went to, I went to a college. Um, I think it was D two women's game with a buddy and his family. And I couldn't remember, man. I spent more time on my phone than anything, and that's not to be sexist. But people just don't watch it, right? It's it's not it's not entertaining, at least in my opinion. It's right. not that entertaining. You know, in the NBA, you get the dunks, you get the flash dunks, you you see the athleticism, you know. Nate Robinson was able to dunk on the, you know, oh, and he I was like five four. Nate Robinson, I fucking love Nate Robinson. Well, after that knockout to Jake Paul. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, not now. <laughs> but I digress. We don't claim him. Right. But when you look at the numbers, right? WNBA players actually get more money in terms of revenue than NBA players. WNBA is a sub subdivision of the NBA. So mm-hmm. when you look at it, NBA players get around, if I'm not mistaken, around 17 to 20% of revenue. WM, WNBA players get about 40%. So I think it comes to supply and demand. A lot of women do. I've asked a lot of women if they watched it, watch WNBA and most of them say no. So mm-hmm. I think it becomes an issue of, I have no problem with equal pay, but when it comes to like NBA, it's just people pay thousands of dollars to watch LeBron James, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Dwight Howard. I don't know how many people pay that much money for WNBA tickets, right? Yeah. So I think to demand an equal pay, it's a little. I, look, I'm not saying they don't deserve to get paid more, but when you look at how much they already get paid based off revenue, I mean, what can they do? Can the WNBA, uh, the uh, NBA, put more money into the company? Which they, I mean, they already do that, so. Right. I think it's just a matter of product. And one of the criticisms, and I, I remember I was watching the ESPN segment, um, and Tracy McGrady was interviewing one of the lead uh, players of the WNBA. I can't remember her name. But he was asking her a genuine question, right? And this turned into a whole sexist feminist debate. But he asked her, would it be, would you guys be willing to lower the hoop, right? Because, you know, in the military, 
they lowered the standards for women just to, you know, just so they don't, they're allowed to, you know, go in the army with the men, right? It's not yeah. trying to be sexist, but men are just bi biologically a little more stronger than women. So he asked her, would it be, would, would it be all right if we lowered the hoop for you guys? Maybe a couple inches of foot. I can't remember what the actual adjustment was. And she said, absolutely not. And as women, it's disrespectful, disrespectful to even suggest that. Do you think that should be, or it, it could be something that they really look into? Because when you look at the game itself, a lot of women can't dunk. And I would, I would put, kind of put my money that 99% of them can't dunk. Do you think it would be more of a interesting game if they lowered the hoop? Uh, if they lowered the hoop, I don't necessarily think so because I uh, dunks are like awesome. I love dunks. Dunk contest is, of course, the best thing all uh, all year. But um, you know, I, as far as games, like I mean, dunks and games don't really like excite me. They're amazing obviously, but like, I'd much rather, um, you know, see a shootout as opposed to a drive, slam it in. Uh, so, I mean, it doesn't really like, you know, make much of a difference to me, I guess. Yeah. Like, you know, I, um, I think that that's more of a, um, vote for the, uh, the players and the owners, you know, in the off season, if they're come together and they're like, Hey, do you want to, lower the hoop are you fine with the hoop sizes i think that's something for them to decide because uh you know i i don't really feel um, strongly about it either way and also i don't really think it's my place to necessarily say that when like you know i have only watched like limited number of wnda games and obviously like you know i don't have the vast knowledge as wnba fans or wnba players or anything like that so Right, right. Let me let me let me. That was a my diplomatic tool. answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't worry about it, man. Look, but I, I have some important people listening, so I, I I try not to get too controversial, right? But I will follow up and say something very positive because I don't want to seem like I'm dogging women, right? I was watching UFC last night, Kamar Usman versus uh, Gilbert Burns, right? And yeah. one of my favorite fights in the night was Macy Barber versus Alexa Grasso, and. You've seen this with Ronda Rousey, Chris Cyborg, Amanda Nunes, uh, Valentino Shevchenkov. There are, you know, at one point, um, Ronda Rousey was the highest paid athlete, right? For like a couple of years, she was getting millions for fighting. Right. And UFC is one of my favorite sports, right? And mm -hmm. it's one of those things where as long as you draw, you get paid. That's why Conor McGregor gets paid more because he draws. Ronda right. Rousey gets paid. Uh, Valentina, Amanda Nunes, Chris Cyborg, they get paid accordingly because they know the numbers are there. My yeah. thing with, you know, equal pay is I'm not one, like, I would never say I deserve more money from a, another woman who makes, you know, who does a better job at her job, right? Mm -hmm. She deserves to get paid more. I'm, I'm fair about that. But I'm also fair in the sense that if someone is willing to watch you and pay for you, then you should get paid accordingly. And based off the numbers, right. I'm not sure if WNBA players have any right to even say they deserve some of the money that LeBron makes. Because as we all know, LeBron gets signed to 
to sponsorship deals that range from $5 million to $30 million a year. He gets paid his salary from the NBA. He gets in commercials. He does voiceovers. Right. I mean, he's a businessman. He's in space again, too. Exactly. He's a, he's a worldwide superstar. I mean, he could go, he can go to China in the middle of nowhere and people will know who he is. So, exactly. Right. And obviously it's a little unfair to even compare LeBron to that. But even if you take, let's say who, who's a very minor Jeremy Lin, right? He, he, he reached superstardom like a decade ago, but even yeah. now he still have fans that will pay in droves to buy his merchandise to see him. Correct. And that's all I'm saying is when it comes to equal pay, it has to be an equal amount of work, right? You, you can't demand it. And this is not just for women and men. This is just no, all yeah. across the board. But you can't demand to get paid just as much as somebody else if somebody else is more recognizable, more money-driven. Like, I would never ask someone to pay me as much as Joe Rogan, right? Because exactly. he's yeah. been doing this for so long. <laughs> he has the, the re- name recognition. You know, the most charismatic man is coming up, but <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying here? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I, I totally get you. Um, I mean, like, yeah, I would agree with that. I said that, like, you know, I think that the NBA players are kind of overpaid. Um, I, like, you know, I, I still think that uh, WNBA players, their salaries should uh, be risen, not, like, not an absurd amount, like, you know, 25 mil a year. But I think like the average WNBA salary is like a hundred thousand dollars, and that's and then, being generous. Yeah, and then like the uh, the average NBA salary is like seven million dollars or something like that. So like, I mean, I still think it should get raised. I think that uh, you know, I uh, obviously not like crazy, but like you know, maybe like like the average the average. NBA salary I just said was like seven million dollars. I think that maybe the average salary for WNBA should be like three million dollars, two million dollars. You know, maybe the best players make like eight mil, ten mil a year. You know, something like that. But not anything crazy like um, thirty mil for a year. You know. Right, right, and you know, to be fair to a lot of women who do. Comp- who talk about it. There are certain sports where women are not being paid accordingly. And I will attest to that when it comes to the Olympics, when it comes to tennis, when it comes to soccer, there are certain sports that women are not being paid accordingly. And I will attest to that. I'm not here trying to, you know, slander women, but in certain sports like WNBA, um, you know, if the appeal isn't there, then you can't demand to, to exactly. um, get paid. And one of the things she was talking about was the pay increase for WNBA, right? Now, I will agree to that, right? But mm-hmm. my thing for them, and I think one of the things they probably struggle with is how can we increase their pay but not make any more money, right? So if, right. They, if they're not getting NBA numbers, it's kind of hard to pay them more because it's just not a good product, which is why Tracy McGrady... He wasn't even trying to come at them sideways when he asked this right, question, yeah. but it was just a genuine thing. Would you be willing to lower the hoop a little bit so it allows a better game? You know, because mm-hmm. not everybody can dunk. Not you know, I watched the game, right? Mm-hmm. Not to jump off. No, too right, much. yeah. I remember uh I remember seeing a sports center highlight and it was like on uh Brittany Griner 
and she did uh, what in the NBA is just like, you know, a regular dunk. Nobody makes a big deal out of it. It was like a 360. And then everyone in Sports Center was like, it was the number one play. Everyone was going off on it. And that's because you don't see a lot. Right. And one of the things, too, in the WNBA is the just the, the lack of competition. When I say that, Brittany Grimes is a prime example. She is leaps and bounds ahead of pretty much most of the players, right? Mm-hmm. She's dominating the sport. LeBron is one of the biggest, well, he is the biggest NBA player, right? But you also yeah. got the James Hardens of the world. You also have the uh, Russell hey, Westbrooks, the Steph Curry. I don't even know yeah. how I went through this whole time without saying his name, but you there's an equal amount of competition and, and you know competitiveness across the board i'm not saying I, I haven't watched enough WNBA games to even say this but Brittany grimes is the only one that i'm a familiar one with. that's like a name like a household name sort of right and you know it it's unfortunate but I think it is, it, it it is. A, and like to, you know to um sort of like just look at that on the other side like a team that i think that i don't think is paid as much as the men but like should be way overpaid by the men is the u.s women's soccer team yes 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 you know i just uh and i'm sorry for like interrupting you but i just thought of that i'm like huh i do know that they make more or the men make more than them but like when was the last time the men won anything you know they haven't been relevant since Landon Donovan and Tim Howard were on the team. <laughs> and, and you're right. And that's why I was saying earlier, certain sports, I do re- recognize that women are being cheap shotted and I completely stand with them in that regard. And, right. But I, it's one of those things where women's soccer is different than other sports, right? Mm-hmm. So they probably deserve, well, they do deserve to get paid more than the men in that aspect but that doesn't mean that every other Everyone. sport gets Correct. that it's because a lot of people go in droves to watch women's soccer i've, I've watched women's soccer and i've been thoroughly enjoyed you know ufc i love a lot of women fights sometimes they have the best fights on the card and yeah i think as long as you have people coming to see you and willing to pay for you then you can start having that conversation and right. i do attest to that the women's soccer players do deserve more money. So I'm not even going to debate. No, you yeah, I would, uh, I would totally agree with that. Uh, let, let me ask you some, did you know that there was a major league lacrosse league? I did. I did. Yeah. Oh, you did. You did know those guys get paid. Like, I mean, I think they get paid like, I don't know, maybe 30, 40,000 or something like that. I'm not going to sit on here and say like, you know, they should be making like 4 million a year because like, I mean, realistically, um, and I know a lot, a lot of my good friends like love lacrosse and they play lacrosse, they live, breathe, die lacrosse. But like, I'm not going to say, you know, should be getting paid a million dollars because like, like you said, you know, they don't drop. When was the last time you saw a major league lacrosse game on ESPN or anything? That's true. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, yeah, man. You know, I, uh, I completely get what you're saying about like, you know, drawing power and all that stuff. Uh, that's what it's all about, man. Just to keep a symbol, keep it light is all about drawing power and how much people are willing to pay to see you. Um, but let's talk a little more about politics and sports, right? So one of the things that we've been seeing 
in sports is freedom of speech, right? It's a big hot debate going on. And a lot of people, especially in sports, are getting upset by the the hate speech that some players say, you know, that they say on Twitter, they say on interviews. And one of the things that UFC president Dana White was always is always asked, you know, in terms of Conor McGregor and a, you know, a couple other superstars of the UFC is, are you looking at changing the policy of what fighters can say in fights to promote fights, right? Because it gets personal. You're talking about family. You're talking about people's religion and culture. And one of the things he said was, I would absolutely not do that. Why? Because they have the right to say whatever they want. Now, there is no thing called freedom of consequences. So whatever you say, you are held against, right? That's why they always say, Whatever you say can and will be used against you in court in the court of exactly. law. Exactly. Yeah. But do you think players should be allowed to say what they want? I'm not talking about the con- consequences, but do you think that the NBA, the you know, the, the UFC, and any other major platforms have the right to limit what the players say off the court? Uh, that's a loaded question. Um, I think that, um, you know, freedom of speech is, uh, freedom of speech is one thing. And then like, you know, just, um, spewing nonsense is another thing. So like when I say freedom of speech, I think LeBron and all those guys, if they like, if they don't like what Donald Trump is doing, if they think that he's disrespectful, I think that they can, you know, use their platform and say what they want. There was this UFC guy, I forgot his name, but, um, he basically, um, after he won, he... Oh, Kobe Covington. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said, hey, you know, we're uh, we're going to beat Sleepy Joe, um, you know, Trump 2020, something like that. Um, I mean, I thought that that was, was kind of like a weird way to go about it. But I mean, like still, he was in his rights. I don't see anything wrong with like what he said. Um, and then there's like another thing and... Uh, so there's an actress and she's in the Mandalorian. She played, um, mm-hmm. you, you know, what I'm talking about the I did a YouTube big, video about her yesterday. Big yeah. Woman, yeah. So she, um, then there's like the freedom of speech and I'm using air quotes with that, that she's doing where she's like basically doing a bunch of conspiracy theories. Uh, she's comparing the Holocaust to like, you know, being a Republican, which is like really weird. That's like very, very, dangerous those are the things that i don't think personally fall under freedom of speech whereas you know it's in it's like intentionally misdirecting things it's intentionally like trying to rewrite history it's like very um dangerous misinformation whereas like you know with uh the ufc fire with lebron and all these guys voicing their opinions on politics like I hate Trump. I hate Biden. I love Trump. You know, uh, Democrats suck. I think like all those things are in freedom of speech. So, I mean, like, you know, right. I think that they should be able to say what they want uh, as long as it's not harmful in a way. Right. And I'm glad you brought up Gina Carano. I, like I was saying, I did a YouTube- Gina Carano. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did a YouTube video about it yesterday. Right. Okay. All right. And I'll, I'll give it a thumbs up. And somebody made a comment about it and said that um I was completely wrong. I took it the wrong way. Right. And 
I'm looking at the comment. And I'm just like, what do you mean I took it the wrong way? Yeah, she right. literally said what I just said, which was she compared, you know, freedom of speech and being a Republican as being a Jew during the Holocaust. Right. Yeah. Now, for me, like I always say, I'm all about freedom of speech, freedom. You know, we have rights for a reason. That's why we are the most freest country in the world. But like I said, there are consequences for things that you say. So right. Yeah. I'm not one to support cancel culture. I hate it. I think, you know, getting in trouble for something you tweeted 10 years ago to right. come bite your career away doesn't make any sense. But in this instance, yes, she was wrong. She crossed the line. And the reason why I supported uh, Lucas Films for dropping it is, look, we both actors, right? We know how this works. Right. I know if I say something offensive on this podcast, right? And my agent hears it. He has the right to say, you know what? It doesn't reflect our, comp our, our agency views. We can't have you saying stuff like that and, and send you all like Disney, right? Let's say I exactly. say F the LGBT community. I hate them scumbags, right? Mm -hmm. If I go audition for a Disney show or a big company, they don't want to be associated with someone who's carrying that kind of, you know, tune. You have the right to exactly. say that, but they also have the right to say, we good. We don't want you here. Mm -hmm. That right there, what she said was exactly the problem we have in this country is the fact that, and I'm getting off on politics and sports, just talking on a personal level here, but we, people equate to oppression. Right? Everybody feels oppressed. The white man's holding them down. Big brother's trying to suppress them, right? And they right. go right back to comparing that to back then. Now, as a black guy, right? I know that there's certain things, you know, if a cop sees me, you know, in the middle of the night with a hoodie on, I might get shot. I know that. But my struggles today is not the same as what my ancestors went through being raped and put on mm -hmm. slave ships and picking cotton for, you know, 20 hours of the day with no food. And I, right. that's, I can't, I can't do that. And let alone not, I'm not trying to bring race to this, but a white woman saying she feels oppressed like a Jew yeah, exactly. who was slaughtered by the millions, putting gas chambers with their kids and families, their wives, their mothers. Yeah. No, absolutely not. And uh -huh. to get mad at the, you know Disney Plus and, and Marvel and Star Wars for distancing themselves and say we don't want to be associated with that. I mean, you got to look at yourself, right? It's just mm -hmm. disrespectful to even compare that like I, like I will say I will agree with her freedom of speech is a problem we are seeing big companies we are seeing cancel culture you know try to limit what people say everything is hate speech nowadays right and mm -hmm. if that was the case we all go into jail because we all said something that is offensive to somebody right but I also understand too in Hollywood being a conservative being a Republican is looked down upon you know it's a very democratic you know uh you know area and so i understand what she's saying but i don't support her comparing that to the millions of jews that were slaughtered right right exactly and and you know just to piggyback i'm, I'm gonna let you say something but i was watching the ufc uh post-fight press conference oh it was actually before the fight dana white was this is with the the this is yesterday or with the guy who won uh yesterday dana yes. white the, the the president he did a he did a, a interview and he was asked a question about Gina Carano because she's a former UFC fighter. Right. And he got mad that Ariel Huwani, who's one of the you know most recognized MMA journalists, who's Jewish, took offense to her comments. And he got mad and said, 
he he loves how he made it all about himself and called him a douchebag. And people seen that comment and flacked to his not Dana White's but uh, Ariel side because it is offensive, right? Yeah. It, it, you 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 just can't say that. That's like I used this comparison. If a white guy, you know, grew up in a in the in the slums of Texas in the middle of nowhere, right? He grew up in the trailer park. I'm just throwing out an example. And then he says, well, I know what it's like to be a black man in the 1960s. Well, no, you don't, <laughs> right? Nice. And people will be offended by you even comparing that. And I think that's what we're seeing here. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just being a little hard on her. No, I, um, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I don't think you're being hard on her at all. Um, you know, it's, it was a poor comparison, you know, because like you said, Jews like went to gas chambers. They were literally discriminated against because of their physical qualities, because they um, were Jewish, you know, whereas she is, you know, you're, you're born Jewish. Um, obviously, you convert, convert and all that stuff. But she was basically comparing stuff that is easy to change. Like, you know, if you want to be a, I don't know what I'm saying, but I guess what my main point is, I think that um, it's, it's incredibly different. You know, one obviously got genocided while the other is just, um, you know, and even like traditional Republicans, they, they don't really get as good press as they once did, but like, they still like, you know, aren't the bad guys. Whereas like, you know, the, um, the Republicans who are all in on Trump, the Republicans who like, you know, give in to all the conspiracy theories and election fraud and, you know, QAnon and all that stuff. Uh, they are, um, you know, I just think that they're very, um, leave a bad taste in your mouth. And I think that's the sort of thing that, um, she's associated with as opposed to like you know the the traditional party because like this wasn't the first time she did anything like that um probably won't be the last time because uh now she has like no nothing to lose because she uh, got fired but yeah man you know it's um it's a sticky situation but um yeah like like you were saying <laughs> <laughs> It is sticky. It's Valentine's Day. No, let me stop. Let me not be mad. Um, you know, it it is it's unfortunate. A lot of celebrities and athletes are put on a pedestal where you are held to the highest standard. Whatever you say. I, I will say this. I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting. No, no. I will say this though. Like um, Chris Pratt, Kurt Russell, uh, Melissa Joan Hart, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr., uh, Sylvester Stallone. Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, and many others. Those were just on top of my head. Do you know what their political leanings are? I believe they are Republicans. They're all Republican. And they're all like not canceled. They're all like, you know, having careers and stuff. So I would say that, you know, people like to, or, um, you know, the Republicans that always try to play the victim, so to speak, they'll always be like, oh, we're under attack. You can't be a Republican. You can it's just that, you know, you have to be very careful about it. You know, you can't really go off talking about uh, fraud with like minimal proof or, you know, uh, terrorist organizations or saying that, you know, 
the Capitol rioters maybe had a point or stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I, I guess like, you know, conservatives, they, they are, I guess, like, you know, um, society today as like, you know, more kids grow up, more kids like, you know, grow up to be more inclusive. Um, we're may, may more understanding than our grandparents were, you know, we're uh, more liberal than our grandparents were, you know what I mean? And I think that like, you know, more and more kids are going to get liberal because times change and we want to be more inclusive. And, uh, you know, the traditional conservative ideals are kind of disappearing. So while I think that, you know, the um, liberalism is being more um, embraced and conservatism is kind of in the back view, I don't necessarily think conservatism is being looked down upon. I just think it's like extreme conservatism that's like looked upon. Does that right. make sense? Right. You know, I've, I've had this, this tug of war in my mind about that. You know, I've always been called it. Well, I want to say always. I've been called a Trump supporter a few times by people because there are certain things I do agree with some conservatives, the things that they talk about, you know, big tech, um, you know, media's twisting words to make people seem hated, you know, and I use the example of Jorge Masvidal. He's a Cuban American, right? And they call him racist because he's a Trump supporter. I don't know how it's like calling me a racist because I like Trump. Like, I, I don't know how a, a, a minority could be racist, but it, it's one of those things where I will agree with her in a lot of instances where they do bully and attack conservatives. So, you know, Candace Owens is one of those, she's not a sports, but she's one of those people that you see the slander that she gets just for even saying anything about Trump. Right. And mm -hmm. I think that is an issue here, right. That, you know, Democrats are allowed to say whatever they want about Joe Biden and, you know, their political party. But the moment the conservatives come out to support their party, it's a problem. They're being racist, homophobic. And I, I just think we live in a time where instead of listening to one another, talking to one another, people are too quick to throw labels out, right? If I right. go out right yeah. now and say, I like Trump, I can guarantee you I will be slandered with comments just because I said I like Trump, right? Right. And I think that is the issue we lot we we live in right now. But mm -hmm. I'm not gonna get to all the conspiracy theories because I do think the Capitol riot was staged. But I'm not gonna get into right. that. Right. Okay. Um. Unless you unless you want to talk about it, you know, I have a I've changed a couple minds in my opinion. You know, I'm, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So, right. what do you think? Do you think the uh, Capitol? I I don't think it's staged. Uh, you know, I've looked into like all the uh, all the reports. I looked into like all the people that were arrested. Um, I don't think that um, a lot of them were. I don't think they were planted. You know, people are like they were planted. Um, they uh, they were there to make Trump look bad. I don't, I don't think that's like all true. Because like I mean, at least in all the files I've seen, there's like nothing in there about them being part of like a white not white splinter group but like you know white supremacy yeah yeah, yeah. uh not anything like that but it's not like you know they're part of a um is q is QAnon is the um the liberal splinter group i think so right? yeah I, i've heard about them but i'm not too familiar yeah with like them. you know people are like oh they're part of QAnon. like i looked at all the files of these guys and all i haven't seen like a QAnon affiliation 
or anything like that. They're like, you know, they're lifelong Republicans, you know. So I guess the files just like the ones I've seen, it's all like just seems like real people to me, you know. Right. So here we go. Like I said, that's <laughs> the controversial time. So here's my thing about okay. the whole Capitol riots thing, right? Mm-hmm. The reason why I say it was staged is we've seen this throughout 2020 where things are just magically happen, you know, in terms of Trump, right? And this way I'm going to get labeled as a Trump supporter, but in terms of Trump, I have seen unfairness and untreatment, right? When the election was going on, right? One of the things he was talking about with the vaccine being readily available, right? And they called him a liar, you know, all of a sudden the, 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 the COVID deaths went up, skyrocketed, right? And then the moment Joe Biden won, what happened? The vaccine was announced. It was available in two weeks. We don't. We haven't even heard about the death rate since the election, right? It's just one. Of, maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist, right? But it, it doesn't make sense, right? And then you go to the Capitol Hill, right? Mm-hmm. I've never heard of the FBI, the CIA not showing up to a terrorist attack, right? You can't go to McDonald's and steal a French fry without the cops surrounding the building. Right, I guarantee mm-hmm. you, still a small soda from McDonald's and see how many cops go, you know, chasing after you. So, one of the things I took away from it, right? They stormed the Capitol. They did the damage, right? One lady was killed, or maybe two people were killed. The FBI didn't show up. The military didn't show up. And we're talking about one of the most fed, most federally protected buildings in America. Right. One of the most nationally recognized. None of these companies showed up, CIA, FBI, right? But the next day, the FBI had enough time to go to Brooklyn and arrest 17 black teenagers. How does that make sense? Again, maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist, but you're telling me the FBI couldn't show up to a federal building being stormed, but they had enough time to go to Brooklyn to arrest a bunch of teenagers for gang-related activity. Just... it just don't make any sense to me, right? I, right. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong here. The, um, I mean, at least I think this is how it works. There's like a FBI like um, buildings in like all different cities. So I mean, like you know, it could just be, you know, the uh, could just be like that they're busy. You know, like uh, in New York, the um, I remember when I was in New York, I. Uh, I needed to call a police officer for some reason. Police officer was there in like three minutes, no problem, you know? And in Connecticut, uh, if you need a police officer, a paramedic comes in five minutes and then firefighters come in 10 minutes and it takes 20 minutes for a police officer to get to you. So, I mean, I think that, uh, that I mean, personally me, I just think that that, um goes hand in hand with where you are and like you know your entire um who's working and who's not you right. know what I mean? and also i uh and i have like nothing back this up so this is just speculation but i think like a lot of them couldn't uh necessarily act unless trump or like any of the huge um notable leaders in the government like said something you know right so i mean that's uh that that's that's what i think the explanation would be there you know that uh didn't have proper authorization and you know the um i i do i do think that um about like half hour because 
it went from zero to a hundred really, really quick in the Capitol. They, uh, at first they were just marching to the Capitol. They were going to go outside and chant and stuff like that, which is well within their rights to protest, you know? And then all of a sudden, and nothing's wrong with that, you know? And then all of a sudden, like someone smashed a window. Then all of a sudden people are storming. And this all happened within like five, 10 minutes like that, you know? And I don't, I, it takes a lot for them to like, you know, get people there. I know that they um, they were getting a, a SEAL team or something in from another state or something like that. But that that took like an hour and a half, two hours because they're traveling, something like that. So, I mean, I don't necessarily think that um, it was just that people were like, oh, let's, uh, let's stand back and let them create havoc. I think it was just that, you know, the, um, they were so frazzled and unprepared because they probably like thought one second, oh, this looks normal. And then the next second, all of a sudden it's madness. It's crazy. Stuff is going on, all that stuff. But yeah, that's, that's just like my opinion of why I think. Right. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. The Capitol Hill building is in Washington, D.C., if I'm correct, right? Yes, yes. So it would just make sense, in my opinion, right? Yeah. If a federal building is being attacked, you see videos of security calling for backup, calling for help. You know, they're, they're in a dire need of situation. We're not talking about a five-minute people run up in there, did what they did and ran out. We're talking about a drawn-out thing that happened. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me, I'm not talking, but just in general, you telling me that you get pulled over for a traffic stop and eight police cars come for backup, but a federal building is being under siege and terrorists attacking and the FBI, more police couldn't show up. I just, I, I just don't buy it. I, I, I don't buy it in a sense that we've seen a lot of things happen. And I'm going to use this example. Throughout 2020, right? Every protest happened. Looting was going on. Apple, luxury stores were getting broken down, stolen, you know, goods. I mean, I'm pretty sure they stole well over a billion dollars and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And there's videos of police just sitting there watching. I, they're not doing nothing. They're not putting people in handcuffs. I watched a video in, in Manhattan where they were on, I think it was like 42nd Street. It was a big Nike store. They ran up in there and it was still in boxes of shoes, cars lined up outside to take people away with the shoes. And cops are standing right by the door. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not making this up. It was cops sitting right by the door. And they just let people walk by eight boxes oh, of shoes oh, in right, hand. Right. You're, you're saying you think that it was a stage with inside, like with some Republicans? No, no. I'm saying I think it's staged in the sense that things are happening and it doesn't make any sense why they're happening. Like, have you ever heard of cops just sitting there watching people burglar out the store? Absolutely not. No, right. No. But mm-hmm. with the looting, people walking. I'm, I'm like, I kid you. I saw a guy with eight, like six boxes of shoes, just walking right past the police, and they just stood there and watched. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, and I correlate this to the the, the capital riots where people were storming a federal building, not that far from the White House. Yeah. And you telling me not not one FBI, not one CIA was able to get there to help them? Exactly. No police yeah. showed up, but you know the FBI have enough time. I'm not making this a race issue, by the way, but but no, they had yeah. enough time to go to Brooklyn and arrest you know 17 teenagers. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, definitely. I just I, I just like 
I, I've never heard of that before in my life. Like you can't you can't go into the DMV or storm a police building without getting shot or backup surrounding the building. You can't rob right. a bank without cops swarming the building. You know, snipers on the roofs. But you know, you know, people riding, you know, and causing damage to a federal building. Yeah, we we don't got enough time to get there. Like I, I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it. But right. So I just like I just want to. Um you know, make sure we're on the same page. I thought that, so you think that, do you think that the cops were like in with the mob? Yeah. The oh, okay. I, I thought it was the other way. Yeah. I, uh, in that case, I would definitely agree with you there. Or, or this, this order is being passed, right? Because yeah. I, I thought that you thought that, um, I thought you were arguing that, you know, the, um, the mob was planted by, you know, um, I don't know, the uh, Democrats or whatever. I oh, thought you no. were going with that. No, yeah, I, um, well, now with that, uh, there is be, definitely but... some fishy stuff uh, with that, though. Like, what? you know, like cops were taking selfies with people in the Capitol. Um, but yeah, uh, there was some fishy stuff there. I, I will say that the um, backup, I, I do know that backup was denied by Capitol Police. Like they asked for backup and they were denied. Um, I think that the. Um, you see what I, I'm I saying though, right? You see what I'm saying. Because <laughs> you saw videos of like a guy trying to um, lure the Capitol, the people storming the Capitol away from the. Um, from the Congress people, you know, but then you also saw the cops who were taking selfies with people. You saw the cops who were standing aside when they were going into people's offices and taking government documents. But then you saw the cops that were killed by the people who like, um, you know, just stormed or cops right. that shot people that stormed, you know? So, I mean, I think, I think it's a mixture of both, you know, I think some, maybe they weren't like planted there, but I think they, um, you know, their political leanings may have gotten the best of them. You know what I mean? I think like some of them may have voted um, one way and they were like, oh, they're going to take, they're going to take this back. They're going to stall it. And I like, I like the guy. So yeah, I'm just going to let him happen. Whereas other people were like, this is my job. I need to do it. Let me, let me do it and do it well. And then they were trying to, you know, protect it and do their best. But yeah, that's uh, I, I we were on different pages, and that's my fault. My bad. No, no, you good, man. It, it's just a conversation. I'm not trying to start nothing, right? But I, oh yeah, something... oh. <laughs> would you start at something? <laughs> <laughs> but like you were saying, like there was a cop swinging his baton in the air. You would have thought John Cena was there because you couldn't see the person he was swinging at. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. But th this is a common occurrence, at least in the last year. What, what was going on is, I'm. I, two years ago, you would have never thought you can rob a Nike store and exactly. cops don't chase you down. You know, when you go on, when you get in a car chase, what happens? You got like two helicopters following you. You got, you know, 10 police cars chasing after you, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, nowadays they letting people steal merchandise, you know, cops sitting in chairs while uh, across the street while people looting and, and stealing a bunch of crap. And I'm not talking about just running up in there, taking a diamond necklace and running. 
they're carrying out big boxes of stuff, TVs, cops just sitting there watching. And then the federal building, you know, they call them backup gets denied. I, I don't know, man. I, like I said, I, <laughs> yeah, no, it just don't um, make any sense to me. There, there is like, there is a lot of, um, there is a lot of like, um, weird things going on there. You know, they literally open the gate and stuff. I think, and I, I might be wrong. I didn't double check, but I think one of the officers, he wasn't a member of the KKK, but he had like some affiliates on the KKK and stuff like that. So, I mean, like, yeah, you know, I, it just, like, I think we can all agree, like whether you think that there was something fishy going on or not, or whether you think that they were just unprepared. I think that we can all agree that like, you know, something is broken and it just needs to be fixed. Right. You absolutely know, that, that's that's basically what boils down to all right so one more we got sidetracked we did right and i'm gonna bring, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring <laughs> really so back gonna, in really back in really back in a little bit it's always good to i mean we, we just talking right we having a good time so you know just going off the cuff let me let me ask you um ask me very important one and this one is very sensitive because as we all know gender is a very sensitive thing talking about Okay, but no, pineapples does not belong on pizza. I, I firmly agree with that. And if you do, you deserve to rot in prison. But um, so there's been an outcry. I think it was Ohio. I can't remember. I think it was Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. Passed the, they, they had a, a rule in place that transgenders cannot, uh, a trans female cannot compete on a female's team. Or, mm-hmm. you know, trans men can't compete on uh, uh well no trans women can't compete on female team uh men, men teams and trans men can't compete on female teams oh i'm not i don't even know how but you get what up you get the no yeah me. there was uh there there was some law that said that you know if you are born a man but you decide to get a sex change then you can compete in women's sports that's basically what boiled down to right do you do you agree with that do you think that's a you know, transphobic. Uh, I I do not. I know that. Like I know that. Um. You know. Obviously, we want to. And again, this just goes back to the point where, as uh, humans um, continue to evolve, then you know the the rules and stuff sort of become blurred, and you don't know what to do now. Uh, and there's no like right or wrong answer. You know. I mean, like. Obviously, on one side, you want to be respectful to people for who they want to, um, who they want to be identified with, or, um, you know, if a guy got sex change as a girl, and he goes into the WNBA, you want to be respectful and say he identifies as a woman, so he should be able to be in like a woman's um, organization like that. But at the same time, you know, we do have to acknowledge that men and women are different they're born different and that's not like you know that's not a sexist thing that's just literally how they're made you know men obviously with testosterone um they're they're stronger they obviously have like more mass or something like that um i i do think it gives an unfair advantage i do think that you know with women who um who work for so long and so hard, um, you know, to get to that stage. And then all of a sudden here comes a, um, a woman who was originally a man 
and they just dominate because they obviously have a physical um, one up on them, sort of. So I definitely, I definitely think that the um, they should be decided based on what you were at birth because that that that's still with you overall, you know, because like. So say it was the other way around. A woman, she decided to get a sex. Brittany Griner, who's an amazing WNBA player, she decided to get a sex change and become a man. Um, I think that you know, I don't think it's fair for her to um, go into the NBA because I think that she would probably get lost in the shuffle. You know, she. Um, I think she'd do fine, but she definitely wouldn't be able to compete against LeBron or Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant or any of them like that, you know? Um, so yeah, man, I mean, I think that it does. I, I, I don't really agree with that. I think that whatever you're born with, that's what league you should play in. And I mean, like, I know that sucks. I know that's traditional, but at the same time, you know, you have to think about, what's fair in the sport and what's not fair in the sport, you know? Right. Well, I, 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 I put you on a hot seat because I'm not answering that. I'm going to let you get in trouble. Oh, you, now, you know? mean I wasn't in the hot seat already? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just busting your chops, man. It's, yes, I agree with you. And you've seen this, and um, I can't remember what college this was, but a trans woman was playing on a female's team. And oh really? I didn't broke hear about all this. the records. Broke. I mean, broke every record there was. Really? I didn't hear about this. Yeah, it's. I, I should do better on bringing up the actual tire, but it's, to, it's too many to even consider. But you've seen this happen before, and it was recent. I mean, I'm not talking about three years ago. I'm talking about maybe in the last two years, and a lot of women are upset about it. Right? They feel like they should. You know, it, it was just like to. It was it was track and field. It was track oh, and field. track and field. Okay, broke every record, right? And I think it is something we have to talk about because you know one of the things people always say is all oh, it's, it's it's transphobic to even bring it up, but it is a question of should they be allowed? And I'm not going to dwell on that too much because we can talk about it all day. So I would switch it to this: without the transgender, do you think? we will ever get to a point in time where women are allowed to play on men's teams. Cause you know, for instance, you know, boy scouts, right. That That's a whole thing where a lot of women want to come to boy scouts, but a lot of boy scouts don't want women in there because it's a boy. It's called boy scouts. Exactly. Yeah. Do you yeah. think we'll get to a point in time where, you know, one of the most dominant females can go to the NBA and play alongside the grades of like Steph Curry and all of them. Right. Um, I think you need to take a sport by sport case. Uh, NBA, I don't think um, I don't think that women and men uh, should be in the same league when it comes to NBA because, like, I mean, it's so fundamentally different when you look at it. Uh, obviously, like, you know, um, with the NBA, you can obviously shoot if you're Steph Curry, but if you're someone like Joel Embiid, you go into the paint. You know, you try to. Uh, That's a lot of mass mess up you know uh shove around stuff like that get dunk you know and when you put a wnba center uh on joel Embiid, he's gonna win that every single time i don't like i don't care who you he wins it with almost every nba center already right you know? so he would probably win that matchup every time 
Um, so I don't think like in that, and also, like you said, like dunks and all that stuff, it's going to be hard to defend. Like, you know, it's hard to defend a LeBron dunk for a freaking RJ Barrett, you know, um, it's going to be hard for a WNBA player to do it, you know? Um, but then there's something like soccer, you know, where the women can do everything the men can do even better, I would argue, in soccer. So, I mean, I think soccer can be like an intergender sport. Uh, baseball, that's um, very controversial because I know like softball and baseball are entirely different. But I think there is potential for MLB to allow women. Um, I don't know how likely it is. Uh, I would say that the probability of any of these sports like mixing is below 20 but I still think there's a chance, you know, never say never. But um, as far as what, like, obviously would never happen, I would just like, in my opinion, would be NBA and NFL and NFL for obvious reasons. Cause like, I don't think there's a women's football league. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that's a good thing that you said is it is a case by case basis. I remember a couple of weeks ago, this woman made headlines um, from a D one college football team. They were, she was a kicker for the men's team. And she, she, I don't think, I think she scored the kickoff. She's no, no, she didn't. She didn't score. Um, She kicked the field goal. I think it was like 50 yards out or something. She didn't, she kicked it and people were, were you know, praising her and, you know, saying that she was there for, uh, for women and progressive women sports. Right. But there was a lot of pushback. It's like, why was she there? You know, if a, if a man kicked, Again, I'm not saying I, I disagree. I I fully support certain sports being intergender. I think depending on the sport and how physical it is, absolutely. But it, people were, it's just like, why was you there, right? Like this is, these are men, this is a men's D1 football team. Why, why is she there, right? And it yeah. wasn't like a sex thing. It's just, this is men's, right? Yeah. But, and then like, I remember, Amanda Nunes, you know, UFC double champion, you know, one of the greatest of all time. I remember she called out, was it, I think it was Logan Paul to a boxing match. And mm -hmm. a lot of people were saying, yeah, she would beat him up. But my thing is, would they even allow that to happen? Because I, I know she wants to fight him. I'm not sure if he ever came out and said he wants to too, but would that even be something to entertain? Because it, it's a very physical sport. And Although Amanda Nunes is an amazing athlete, Jake Paul is also, he's not Floyd, but, he, you know, he practices boxing. So, genetically speaking, if he punched in the face, it'll hurt a lot more than if she fought, you know, Megan Anderson, who she's fighting up in the upcoming pay-per-view. So, yeah, you know. But anyway. I, I don't know. I uh, I think it's case-by-case -case basis. And personally speaking, I... um. I wouldn't want to see it happen because I don't know like how everyone else feels about it, but I feel I get um, a lot of different things uh, out of watching a lot of different sports, you know, like I, uh, I enjoy the styles and stuff like that. I enjoy watching the, uh, the World Cup and I'm not a big, big soccer guy, but I'll watch the World Cup. I'll enjoy watching like the men's World Cup, which is like more physical, more, uh, you know, pushing around and stuff like that more aggressive and watch the women's world cup which is more like focus on skills and your ability with the ball and passing like that and that's a way different um game than the men's and it's like way more interesting to watch 
And then like, you know, as far as softball goes, um, I've watched like a couple uh, college softball games. Obviously the MLB is the MLB, but like with softball, um, you know, it's just so cool in the sense that there's more bombs because they use a male bat. Um, you know, there's, um, there's more, I, I want to say like trick plays cause they're not trick plays, but like, it's almost more, um, weird moves and like throws and catches and all that stuff because the ball is obviously bigger. Yeah. Um, the ball moves different, which is cool. So, I mean, like personally speaking, I like like a lot of variety in my sports, you know, and I like, uh, I like the different things they all bring to the table personally. Right. Oh yeah. We and just that's started... why I say like, no, don't, don't mix a match. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's one of those, you know, we just having a conversation about, it. I think it's important. And like, I know like WWE, you know, people don't really cons- consider it a sport, but I'll follow it. And like, sometimes they'll do intergender matches. Right. And, it, and it's yeah. always fun. And I think they can get away with it because it is, it's a safe, scripted. You know, act, obviously things can happen, right. You get dropped on your head by accident or, yeah. or something, but it's just, that can happen yeah. if you're a man or a woman. Right, exactly. So it's a safe environment for them to get away with that. And you've seen it in their history of them doing that. And uh, I think we will get to a point in time where women will be able to compete with men. And I look forward to it because I'm not one of these people like, men got to stay here and women got to stay here. No, if you have the skill, let's do it. I've played yeah. volleyball with women Absolutely. all the time and they smoked me, right? And I had yeah. fun doing it. And it's right. still, I, I love it. And I think uh, we'll see what happens. It won't, it's, it's not something we'll see in the near future. Right. But eventually we'll see it come across. Um, but yeah, man, that's just like the change. And of course, like it has to do with changing diet, changing, you know, uh, figure and workout plan. Because you, you go back even like, 30 years or even 20 years, you know, the, um, the people who are playing basketball or softball 20 years ago are not nearly as good as people playing softball now. Oh yeah. Or basketball, you know? So like, again, you know, maybe in 20, 30 years, things change and they can, can be on the level with the man. And then if that's the case, then yeah, like you said, let them do it. Exactly, man. I think I think we we had enough controversial. I we probably tuned out a few people <laughs> talking about it. Hey, so, man, you know that's uh that's the podcast. You say controversy. That's I'm what like, I'm saying, man. Let's bring controversial. Let's do it. I'm filtered, unscripted, and let's let's get the ball rolling. But you know, I think we we had enough of of controversial things, and I think <laughs> um, you know, like I said, I I like to talk about it, but also like to be positive. So exactly. Right. Like always, like like I say, is it's Sunday? It's Valentine's Day. Let's leave it off. Love, you know. Put on some Luther <laughs> Vandross, throw some pedals on the floor, drink some wine, exactly. and have a good old time. You know, me and Joe will be having a good time later. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so let's talk about your your um your your sick My Valentine's okay. Day plans. I'm probably gonna watch Lord of the Rings extended edition. Oh, you you missing out? It's Valentine's Day, man. What, what kind of romance is that? <laughs> Hey, uh, Aragorn is very romantic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there's so much your podcast, uh, your, your, your sitcom on air. I have um, Wow, this is news to me. You're on my podcast. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but you know, let's talk about your sitcom. Like how, how yeah. you know, like I said, you did it, you know, you came up with it two years ago as a senior in college. Um, how has that journey been and how did you, how were you able to turn that into something of your own creation? Um, yeah, well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll start from the beginning. So when I was, I believe it was a sophomore in college, when I was a sophomore, um, I took a class with one of my favorite professors and the class was multimedia production. And in this class, we basically learned how to put on a studio show, right? And the first class, he's like, okay, guys, this is what we're going to do with the studio show. And it basically played like a basic classic school news broadcast. You've seen one of those where it's like low quality. The people are obviously uncomfortable reading off the things, the reading right. news announcements, stuff like that. It's like a really bad weekend update on SNL. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're That's like, hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's so weird. They're like, Weird news coming in. The school has decided that they will no longer be serving chicken tenders, which it's just like weird stuff like that, you know. So he showed us the video, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is brutal." And my uh, my professor, that professor, knows that like you know I'm into comedy and I write and I'm a good writer. If you know I'm kind of uh, tickling my own fancy there, but uh, he he knows that I did that. Stuff. so he's like ryan i want you to write this i'm like you want me to write this and he's like yeah just like you know write it do what you want i'm like all right so the night before our first show it was actually a valentine's day show which works out um <laughs> and this was this was 2017 um i like i had nothing i didn't know what to do i didn't know any of the news stories so i just like and I remember watching the Muppets. If you've ever seen that old Muppet series from the seventies, like it was a hybrid of a variety show, but also behind the scenes. Right. So I remember watching that and I was like, mm, I have an idea. So I just like literally wrote a hybrid of a new show, but also behind the scenes. And we had Cupid on as a guest and um, you know um, they, they loved it. And it was a huge hit. I did it a second time. I leaned even more to that uh, meta Muppet style. So for instance, the, um, we, have, we have a bagel place in our college. It's called Einstein Bagels. And the first episode, they made us do a lot of Einstein Bagels plugs. And the, um, because we thought that they sponsored us, right? And then he comes in uh, for the second episode. He's like, everybody loved the first episode. Um, but Einstein said that they actually don't sponsor us anymore. So I'm like, wait, really? They don't sponsor us? They're like, yeah, they don't sponsor us. So I decided to make my own bagel brand called Rheinstein Bagels. Um, we had shirts. We literally had gloves, mugs, everything like that. The whole that. deal. The whole deal. And we like came in and we put it all on the desk in front of the actual bagel place to make a point <laughs> to them. And the entire storyline throughout was that we're taking over. But yeah, so that um, that worked out that really like, you know, got my juices flowing. And it was just like it was called Daylight. It's a web series. You can find it on YouTube. But yeah, it's just um, it was just something that I enjoyed doing. And then obviously two years later, when I'm a senior, um, we had to do a senior project for um, for our degree, you know, and it has to involve everything that we learned throughout the two years. And I love like sitcom, so I wanted to make a sitcom. I just didn't know like what kind of sitcom I wanted to do. 
And then I just like, I just decided to go back to that, but further expand it. And that's when like on air, which is my sitcom came to be. Uh, so like, I mean, it's follows the cast and crew of like an SNL variety show and their lives behind the scenes. And uh, yeah, so I just basically took what I knew from that, obviously expanded it. Um, I decided I didn't want, just want to write the pilot. I wanted to actually film it too. Uh, I got all my uh, hometown friends in it. Um, the guy who uh, plays Richard Dyer is actually like my best friend since we were like seven years old, uh, which was really cool that he was involved in all this. And then like, yeah, all of them are just childhood friends. And I basically said, hey, you want to fuck around and make this with me? They're all like, yeah, sure. So we did. Uh, and then the uh, the actual production of it was a fucking nightmare, if I do say so myself. <laughs> you hear about it in a book someday, I promise you. Uh, one of the many things, we had to recast one of our leads two weeks before the project was due and reshoot all their scenes. Wow. Even though we had like 99% of their scene shot. Um, so yeah, that's just a little taste, but, um, yeah, so we shot it and it came out really, really well. Uh, the, um, just for shits and giggles, I decided to send it out to a bunch of festivals and we were a finalist in like six festivals. Um, we got chosen for like 11 festivals or something ridiculous like that. Um, we, um, we won an award. So like we got a lot of praise and we weren't expecting it. And then we were like, well, we, we should continue to try to make this something. Um, and then obviously, you know, people got busy and COVID-19 happened and then we weren't able to continue it. But now we, um, now, now we're um, sort of rebooting it, if you will. Um, we're, we're like having a new pilot. We're starting from scratch. We have a half of the cast is returning while the other cast are uh, people we had to um, recast, uh, you know, whether it be for prior commitments or any other reason. And uh, yeah, man, we just, uh, we have a new team, we have a new script and we're really, really excited and pumped to just get to work and uh, start, you know, just um, show, start working, you know, it's, um, it's a very, uh, long journey very up and down journey and I mean like you know it's not over because at the end of the day I'm still producing this independently and my end goal is to get it on a network or something like that to literally try to get it on the air sorry for the pun but um <laughs> yeah the um it works that that's that's where we are right now um we're, we're writing the script we're gearing up to shoot hopefully we're going to start shooting in late May early June and yeah, so that's just where we, um, that's just we, we, where we stand now, just uh, sort of enjoying the ride. <laughs> Man, I, I you sent me the link and I watched the episode and it gave me major The Office vibes. It, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty cool to watch it. And one of the reasons why I was intrigued about it is, is it's always nice to see someone take something, a pet project or take the crane in all hands and do something with it. And you don't see that often a lot. Like a lot of people just don't have the the time or they just don't have the energy to keep up with something that they, they want to create and get off the ground. And I think I think it's a testament to your character that you took something, you know, 
it's kind of like I compare it to like this podcast, right? When I first started it, it was not something I thought was going to be something I'll continue to do. I thought it'd just be something I do once a month, depending on what's going on, we'll talk and then that's it. And then it turned to be something that I thoroughly enjoy. And And now you have me on. Exactly. Which is (laughs) going to cost you $5,000 in itself, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but I was gonna ask you too. Yeah, what what was your plan with? For, oh, for that? Venmo you. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, exactly. I want that De Niro, that that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know that's cool, man. And I think you have a great potential in your hands because there could be um a buyer. There can be a, a network out there who who love that type of thing. I know The Office is very uh, probably one of the most popular shows of all time, and mm-hmm. you have something of that of that essence is is different it's not a copycat but you have something that people might just be drawn to just because they can see the the parallels of the office or brooklyn 99 to you to your show so um how has like has the journey been hard for you do you find do you find it hard to stay motivated to keep going do, while while doing it oh for sure yeah um yeah, I found I find staying motivated so hard. Um, there's like, you know, because like I said, there are the production was hell to put it mildly. There were so many times where I was like, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. Um, so the first week we started shooting, we started shooting. We were shooting um, one entire side plot and we shot it all in like four days. One of the side plots in like a three plot episode. Right. And we, we finished shooting it. I went back over the weekend and started at it. And I was like, none of it was usable. I was like, the performance was, were terrible. You can't hear shit. This is like so bad, you know? And that, that was the first time that was just like, wow, I'm in over my head. And then there Welcome were like, to entertainment. <laughs> yeah. I know. And there were like so many other times where like, you know, that happened throughout the production. And then, um, but what I realized is that like, it's the small victories, you know, because like, um, I, I would come home some days after filming and I'd be like, that was terrible. I don't think this is going to work. Then I put it together. And I'm like, wow, this is actually like pretty good. And then like, you know, there were times where I was just like on set and I was just like, all right, fuck it. Let's just do it this way. And I put it together and I was like, this is, this is really good. So it's just like sort of the small victories. You know, I, I always second guess myself if like, you know, this works, if this doesn't work, but like, then if I'm not confident in it, someone will come over and they'll be like, oh, Hey, this is good. This is a good idea. And I'll like get confident in it. So, I mean, like it, it's a constant struggle. Like, you know, I, um, I wholly believe in this uh, project. I think that it's something huge. I think that we can get it on TV, but then there's some days where I'm just like, I do second guess myself and I am like, is this really worth like all the energy that you're putting in? But like, you know, the um, it's worth it. Like you get, you get these signs, you get these, um, these things where you're just like, I am doing the right thing. And I do think that I meant for this and I do think that we're doing good work here and we should keep doing it. That's amazing, man. That's positive. And it's funny when I said, welcome to entertainment is one of those things where throughout this journey, you will always make mistakes. And I think some people forget that mistakes happen. Even 
you know, Tom Cruise makes mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. And I think right. the important thing is to bounce back from it. I remember early on when I first transitioned to the, uh, to TV and film when I was in college, um, the first gig I got, it was uh, Everybody Loves McGee. Uh, it's title now. It just came out. Always, always sunny in Philadelphia. Something I can't remember actual mm-hmm. name of it. Always but, sunny in Philadelphia. No, it's not. It's not that. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. But it's always <laughs> something. It's it's always sunny. Something. Something. But that was my first on camera gig, and I remember they had sent out casting the night before um, because like five of the actors dropped out. It's one of those things that you kind of already know it happens in this business. And I got there. I memorized my lines and I froze up terribly. I was having trouble saying words that I shouldn't have had trouble saying. I, it was hard for me to concentrate on the direction and hit the marks and, and saying my, say the lines and, it was one of those things. I, I was embarrassed. And uh, he actually sent me the clip because I asked him for it for my reel. And I was li- I was reading it. I, I was watching it. I was reading it. And I was like, wow, he actually got a good take of it. I really, I thought he was going to just scrap my part altogether. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those things where after that day, I realized I have some work to do. And I've learned a lot from that one gig from that gig to the last one I did was, has been such a big increase. And I was, I was destined. I felt like maybe, maybe, maybe I should go back to theater. Maybe that's my realm. And then I learned from it. I learned the mistakes that I made. And I came back to my next one, did a better job. Wasn't the greatest, but it was a lot better than what I did before. And every time I kept coming back to a different gig, it got easier and it got better. And I think that's important that you share that because it's something that a lot of people forget that mistakes happen. It's not the mistakes that define you. It's the lesson you learned that defines you. And you learned it, you picked it up. And now, you know, you're seeing your work blossom to something that you probably didn't think two years ago that it would be, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's a fair assignment. It's it's weird to talk about it uh, like that because like, I mean, realistically, we we still are trying to get a pitch, but I mean, like we have like, when you look at came so far because like, you know, um, before it was just a school project. Now it's something we sent to festivals and festivals took note of. Now I have been talking to um, agents and stuff. I I don't think I'm supposed to say anything about that, but um, (laughs) sorry out there. Confidentiality agreements, man. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. You just got a huge scoop. I hope you appreciate that. Um, (laughs) No, but yeah, I think that's uh, as much as I can say about that, unfortunately. But yeah, like, I mean, like, still ways to go. But like, I mean, it, we have like, came a bunch of, it has been like a ton of strides. And you know, what you're saying is uh, what, like, going back on what you're saying, the first time you do something, you're probably going to be terrible at it. Second time, you're going to be terrible at it too. Um, third time, you're going to be terrible. Fourth time, you're less terrible. Fifth time, you're even less terrible than that. Uh, you like, you're always going to be improving. You're always going to be learning, you know, and it's just like, it's just like a constant learning curve because, and I'll actually give you another scoop right now. The um, first pilot, um, which I think you watched a little bit of, um, the, I think that 
I'm very proud of what we did with that. But one thing that I absolutely hated was I hated like myself in there because I was just not like myself at all. And I was kind of bland in that pilot. I was kind of like emotionless in that pilot. And now with like the new cast and new um, crew, we're, we're, we're showing con or we're, uh, we're creating concept footage before the pilot to, you know, show investors and stuff if they'd like to invest in the pilot. And in those, I'm way more animated. I'm way more into it. I'm way like more emotional and stuff like that. So it's just like, you know, you just constantly get better. And like, you know, if you, if you do take a step back, you know, just remember that you can always, the good thing about stepping about a step back is that you can step forward. And um, I, I tried to make an inspirational quote there, but I, I like it. I, I originally, I, I found it eventually, but um, <laughs> yeah, you know, just um, it's just all about just continuously trying to improve and continuously like just believing in yourself as cheesy as that is you know because a lot of the times we're like we wow I, I I can't do this I'm not going to be able to do this I'm a firm believer that you probably can do it um if you know you really want to yeah. and yeah I mean that's uh that that's the lessons that I'm taking with myself and that's why I'm, I've learned throughout this process so far and I'm still learning new things every day. So, I mean, like, you know, it's, uh, it, it's cool. You know, I've, um, it's always like just getting better. Right. Exactly. You know, because of the, the quote, instead of $5,000, I'm going to knock it down to 4,000. So oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're I welcome. needed that because of COVID and everything. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, this, uh, apparently the stimulus check is only a one-time thing now, but so whatever. Well, I'll be expecting your payment, so don't worry about it. I'm like the IRS. I'm here to collect. Payment? Do you have a down payment program? Yeah, yeah, it'll be a thousand. Because I can give the first stimulus now, and then when they decide to pass the next one in like uh, September, I'll give you that one. Too. Oh, perfect. That's what I'm talking about, man. Fat up my pockets a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, man. It, yo, I, I always, when I end this podcast, right? I always end in positivity. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on too is I think someone can learn something from you. And the fact that don't give up, you know, it's funny. John Cena always says never give up. It's cheesy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, I, remember, I have a John Cena, um, big into wrestling. I used to, I, I still do watch it like, uh, from time to time. I definitely, like, I definitely like kind of stopped watching during COVID because like, the crowd makes it you know yeah and it's so weird to watch it without like the crowd or with like canned crowd noises you know so i dropped off on it this year but i used to be huge into wrestling and then when the crowd comes back i'll probably get into it again but you know yeah i, I, I still watch it you know a little cheesy but you know until i'm 35 i'll keep watching it but exactly um, hey man you know it's fun it's fun to watch nxt great. I love NXT. Oh, oh, the war games. Oh, it's my. the best. It's the fucking best. I don't, I don't know if like, this is just the old, old head of me talking. And I know it's weird that I'm 24 and I'm saying old head. Uh, but like NXT reminds me of like what I loved about it growing up. If that makes the sense. Attitude like, era? I grew up yeah. in ruthless aggression era. Oh yeah. 
So like, you know, Batista, uh, Edge, Jeff Hardy, John Cena, all those guys. So like, I feel NXT resembles that a lot. Just like, you know, it's not all this over the top soapy stuff that they started to do after 2012, you know? Right. Yeah. Hey, you gotta I, keep it PG. just me. I mean, maybe it's just the old head of me talking again, but I don't know. It's the, it's not like, it goes back to the topic of this whole podcast, politics and store in sports. They had to become more PG and family friendly. So, but well, no. even like NXT, I would argue that NXT is PG. Like, oh, you know, NXT is a... there's some, there's some risque things there for sure, but like overall it's still PG and like, it just goes to show you that if you have the right person in creative, it can work. Exactly. Exactly, man. And that's what it's all about. Like, when you put in the work, anything is possible. Exactly. I, I firmly believe that. I don't think anybody, regardless we, of my we opinions. We keep going into rabbit holes. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. But it, it just ties into, you know, how I, this whole thing is that no matter who you are, what you do, if you put in the work, anything is possible. And, that, and that's why I wanted to have you on is because I'm, reading your story and you know talking to you i knew that you can provide some insight for people and i think that's important to to inspire others and to pr- promote positivity because we Thank can talk you. about controversial issues and topics all the time but if we don't share you know love and peace with one another then we'll as a society and as people, we get nowhere. So mm-hmm. now i commend you. I, I thank you for coming on man i appreciate no, it no man thanks for having me this was uh this was really, um, really great. And like, I mean, I especially enjoyed it because, uh, politics, like, you know, I never talk politics with anyone in public. I mean, like, you know, I'll share things on Instagram and on, uh, Twitter and stuff, but I'll just share and I'll be like, you know, if you like it, you'll like it. If you don't like it, not my problem. I'm not going to get into something. Cause like with my opinion, politics, um, most people's minds are already made up. So like, there's no point in conversing about it, you know, but like, you know, with something like this, where like people just talk about it, like calmly, they literally have a conversation. I think that's what like the world needs more of, you know, I, um, because even, and this is, this is on not just like, you know, Fox news, but all news stations, they, um, they just try to yell over each other. You know, they try to, they think that if you like, berate and if you yell then that's just sort of that means that you have a better point but it doesn't you know you need to converse and I think that's a main problem today with not just politics but like everything you know people don't talk people don't like listen um and you know that that's simple but it goes a long way but thank you Ryan man you know this is a great conversation um where people can find you uh, yeah, so if you want to follow me on Instagram, my personal Instagram is Ryan Conway 16. Um, you know, huge Knicks fan and Giants fan. Um, so I usually post about my heartbreak about them on there. Um, <laughs> also, also Yankee fan, uh, obviously. Um, don't really keep up with the games as much as I should. But yeah, for all things sports, pop culture, uh, you can follow me at Ryan Conway 16. You can follow my show at um, on air underscore of TV show on air underscore TV show. Um, a, a little bit of notes on that. So we um, 
we are gearing up to shoot a new pilot in June. Um, and nice. we, right now we're, um, we're gearing up to start a, uh, Indiegogo. If anyone wants to donate to that, all the, uh, all the money goes towards paying the, um, cast and crew and just, you know, feeding everyone, making sure everyone's like cared for and, uh, you know, having a good time on set as opposed to, um, working for free and uh, for no right. food or shitty food. Uh, but yeah, we, um, you can follow us at on air underscore TV show on Instagram. Um, Indiegogo is coming out soon. We'll get all that information. We're going to start a mailing list. If you'd like to s- subscribe to that, but for more updates on all things on air again, on air underscore TV show on Instagram. Hell yeah, man. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, hopefully, you know, this conversation inspired people. You, you you get the help that you want. I'll probably even donate some of the money you give me to you, to the call. Oh, so. wow. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. I, I appreciate that. For sure, man. And like I always say, a helping hand is a better hand. And that's the bottom line because the most charismatic man says so. Thank you. Oh. Man. <laughs>